Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Welcome to another episode of Pearl Mania 500, the only podcast where a man who blew out his voice while performing in front of a sold-out comedy club last night Ben spends all day being nursed back to health by his wonderful wife, yeah. only to have him lock her in a very cold room. Mm-hmm. The rooms used to be hot, but the weather's turned, and now they're cold. He's just always uncomfortable. And now she has to listen to a big, fat lore dump about the first, second-part episode in the history of this podcast about J. Edgar Hoover. Let's go. <laughs> There's a place where you can stay when the world gets too insane. Yeah, when the world gets too inane, tune in to Pearl Mania. Brony talks and pony jars and saying that Sonic race just a fitness scams and Dusk, everybody. His name was Dusk. Saw him last night. Gave him a big hug. He was. And when I last night was the comedy show. Mm-hmm. I did the stand up show. Yep. Had a great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, uh, everyone who was in the show I tagged. So a lot of people who were there were fans of the podcast. Um, if you like any of the acts, uh, follow them. They also post their stand up regularly online. Yeah, they're great. Uh, everyone was really great. His name was Dusk was there. Mm hmm. After the show, I was doing a photo line, my first photo line ever. Yeah, famous. It felt really cool. I was standing from a background, and I had a big bouncer who took photos for me. <laughs> and I got to yell at people, make sure your phones are out by the time you get to the front of the line. Yeah. And everyone did. And they That's were very nice. nice. 
Uh, and a few people are like, I'm a fan of the podcast. And I point, I'm like, that's his name was Dusk. He's over there. And they walked over and they said, I love the My Little Pony episode. <laughs> and he was like, what are you, what? And then I'm like, that, that's Jeff Stormer. That wasn't. <laughs> no, I love it. I, I'm so They're happy. interchangeable now and that's great It's for me. so good. It's very funny. Uh, so we just wanted we to say. We had a great time. Great time. Lots of fun and giggles and tee-hee-hees. Thank you to everyone who came out. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, 3.30 shows. Everybody was in agreement, yeah, we were excited that we're going home before dark. Yes, I mean we went and got soup. We did go get soup, and I needed it for my throat. We needed soup. Uh, but that being said, uh, you know when whenever we start planning things in the future, this might be our selling point moving yeah. forward. Oh, pl- yeah, because we're the also people. When I was like, <laughs> who here's over thirty? And most of the room was like, Whoa! I was like, Yeah, oh, three o'clock we is our jam. Matinee people. Um, also, thank you to uh, people that I I got a few secret people came up to me and were like, Oh my, God, I know, I I know it's you, I know it's you. Yeah. Hi. You were the only visibly pregnant woman <laughs> in the building. That's probably why. <laughs> Hiding in the corner. <laughs> and also, also the only one who wasn't being screamed at for holding her phone up during the, <laughs> during the show. Um, and then I did want to th- shout out real quick to uh, hear from Mrs. P, yep. the listener, who I be- I'm pretty sure that's who this is from. Yeah, that's they who it's from. They made um, really cute bookmarks that look like tea bags. Yes. Um, because there is a, someone might be reading a book. Yes. Someone is reading a book. So that's why they gave us two of them. One for me for my reading and one for you for your reading. My reading? What are you talking about? Are you talking about the fact that we finally reached over 500? <laughs> hey, Huns and team leads on the Patreon. I feel like you got echo on this one. I, uh, you got to hit that echo. Hit him with the echo? Yeah. I don't really have enough voice, but we're going to try. Do it. I'll do it. 500. Hit it for me. I don't know how to oh, do no. that for you. He's not a good, he's not no, good No, I'm not ready. Machine. Hold on, hold on. You ready for it? Yeah. Three, two, one. Let's go. Go. That was terrifying. I hated that. I love that. I hated that. 500. <laughs> you sound like you're at a car dealership I, telling about that's a That's the idea. <laughs> the Pearl Mania 500. So we're going to explain what this is because we've uh, talked about last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we're going to do is on Wednesday, September 27th, mm-hmm. we are going to post a post on our Patreon. Yep. So anyone who is one of the Pearl Mania 500 Patreons will be able to go into the comments of that and they will be able to recommend a uh, a book title. Either tier. Either tier. It's open. It's for any, honestly, any tier. Because there's some random people who pick random amounts of money yeah. and so they don't fall in the also, benefits the same way. Also, we have had some secret suggestions already coming in. Oh, we have? And I want you to know that people really want you to read Stephen King. Really? I've been getting a lot of Stephen King. Uh. And I, I know I'm into it. I okay. like it. You know, I met Stephen King once when you I was did? living in Vermont. Oh. He was nice. Okay. <laughs> Another one of your, and then, oh, you know, I shared an elevator with them. Oh, yeah, no, I've been, I met them plenty of times. He was a real jerk because his name's Mark Wahlberg. Yo, fuck that dude. Um, but yeah, so on uh, on September 27th, uh-huh, we'll this post Wednesday. It, and then everybody can give us all your suggestions. Yep. And then what's going to happen is I'm going to take all the suggestions and go over to like Goodreads or, you know, read Amazon reviews to just like get ideas about what the books are. And then... Whatever I feel will be the top three best books. Yeah. What are going to be the funniest for me to listen to, most likely. Um, I'm going to put them in a poll. And yep. then um, we can vote on them. Yeah, and then people will be able to vote on that. Um, and that's and then you'll then we'll go to the library. Yep. And we're going to get this book. Yep. 
and you're going to read it. It's going to be great. And speaking of polls, okay. there are going to be more polls very soon for mm-hmm. our team leads. Uh, we're going to have a mega poll coming out soon. Sure. That is not having to do with the book. No. This is for my topics. Yeah. Because we're going to do something special for October. Yeah. Mrs. P wants to explain to you guys <laughs> her, her crazy, kooky, idea. spooky idea. So basically, what I'm thinking for October is I want to do like a spooky, ooky October. I'm going to take over for the month of October. Every episode is going to be me doing haunted stuff and things. I haven't nailed down all the topics, but it's going to be haunted houses. It's going to be spooky stories and ghosts. It's going to be random horrifying things that make your skin crawl, but maybe just not like body horror because I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like body horror. But I think we're going to spend the month of October ooky spookying it up. Yep. Um, I want you to think. I, I want you to think orange. <laughs> I want you to think black. I want you to think pumpkins. I want you to think cat. <laughs> I want you to think spiders. Spiders. No, no. Well, there's definitely some a trigger people, warning for spiders. Some people don't like spiders. <laughs> yeah, there's people that do not like spiders. Yeah. I am not one. I like them. Yeah. But yeah, so we're gonna spend the month of October doing that because it will be funny because you are a cynic to no end. Yeah. Does not believe in any of it. Yeah. Um, and it's really fun to talk about that kind of stuff with a cynic because he. Just, it's very funny. So that's what I want to do. Okay. Well, that's what we are going to do. And so during that time, since she's taking all of October, I'm going to put out a mega poll so I can be doing some research. Mm-hmm. Because as we announced on the last episode, we're super pregnant. We are? Yeah. We're like oh heavily pregnant. Uh, just <laughs> pregnant for days. Uh, Why do you keep acting like it's you? It, well, it's us. It's affecting our brain, our sleep. Some of us don't get the big spoon people anymore because there's a body pillow in the way. There's a lot happening all at the same time. Uh, but because of that, mm-hmm. I w- we're trying to get episodes in the can for when we do our full family leave. Mm-hmm. We still want to be able to put out that content. We'll be talking to you guys more about that schedule moving forward and how that is going to play out. So we want to give everybody a chance to be able to vote on some topics for the things I'm working on. We've also been already recording with some special guests Mm -hmm. uh, that their episodes will come out later, some of which you've already met, some of which you are soon to meet, some of which... We have no idea. Um, But that's all fun things. and um, Stuff and things. That's been stuff and things. Yeah. Should we do the Hey Huns? We should do the Hey Huns. Let me pull them up Because we got enough Hey Huns that we hit 500. We did. We had so many people have come through. And I like that they sent uh, messages. Like this person sent a message that just said, read that book. I spitefully did this. Nice. And I love that. Nice. Yeah, we had so many. (laughs) I do want to say before we read the Hey Huns. Yeah. Thank you to everyone for your wonderful comments uh, about uh, the pregnancy announcement. Oh, yeah, for sure. There were so many comments on the Patreon, so many messages, so yeah. many emails. I've gotten some DMs. People who cornered me at the comedy club and were like, you're going to be a good dad. And I was like, I don't know if that's true. Because <laughs> um, um, I, I had a really good time performing and like, I might just really want to, maybe I'll just go on the road no, and abandon this child. It's not happening. Also, okay. the, who I don't remember who it was, but we both agreed that Pearl Babya 500 was the funniest name that yes. anyone said. Yeah, Pearl, Pearl Babya, Babya 500 is, is, is very so good. Which is why if anyone has any good ideas for the October our spooky, scary yeah, October. I don't know. I, I don't have brain power to think of a name. No, no. I'm like Spooktober. I've heard that before. Spooktober's overdone. I don't know, but there's there's a funny name there. There's got to be something in there. And as you guys can tell, naming uh, with a baby on the way, we're not the, great at naming. What are your thoughts on the Winchester house? Anyway, let's do the Hey Huns. Okay, here we go. <laughs> hey Huns, let's meet our team leaders. All right, we're starting off strong here. Let me go ahead and turn around. All right, at first we have 
Katrin underscore Saint. Hey, hon. After that, we have Space Jesus. Hey, hon. After that, we have I Quit Smoking Too, comma, read me a damn book. <laughs> hey, After that, we have Elizabeth Schultz. Hey, Elizabeth Schultz. After that, we have John of the Dad. John of the Dad. That is... I love that. Oh, my God. That's really good. Hey, John of the Dad is so... And he is a gritty. Gritty is... Nice. Is, is, nice. Uh, that's good. After that, we have Lori Kilburn. Hey, hon. All right, let me see what this next one's super long, so I got to click on it. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Sir Walter Raleigh deserves no potatoes. <laughs> I'll agree with you on that one. Yeah, no uh, potatoes. As someone whose family is from North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, fuck that dude. Uh, after that, we have Steve French. Hey, hon. After that, we have how many people will escape prison this week? <laughs> underscore a PA memoir in parentheses. <laughs> books are breeders for brothels. <laughs> That's so much. I love all of it. That's I don't so know if this person knew about the the thousands of minks that got loose in the woods. Too. Eight thousand. Eight thousand minks. Can I tell you? Let me. This mm. is just a secret, just for the listeners. Um, yeah. I I still talk to people at the PA governor's office, and yeah. I texted one of them, and I was like, I find it very funny that the thought process of you guys finally calming down that there are no more escaped prisoners in the Pennsylvania woods, only for someone to burst through the door and yell, eight thousand minks! And then they're like, no! And they replied, uh, had a two-hour meeting about those fucking minks. (laughs) So the highest levels of government are trying to recapture these future jackets. Uh, I don't think they did. (laughs) They did not. Those... Those, those, a lot of those poor minks are going to die in yeah, the woods. Yeah, they don't know how to live like that. Uh, they would, they poor, are, poor little buddies. They're domesticated. After that, we have Bob the Skull. Bob, I need you to know that from here, this is like an eyesight test for me, and I yeah. thought that said Bob the Slut. And I was like, let's go, Bob. Bob the Slut? I was like, let's go, Bob. Well, you do love Bob the Drag Queen. I, forever and ever. Yes. Bob's your favorite. Bob's uh, the best. Uh, Bob the Skull, though. Thank you so much. After that, we have Jay Worms. Jay Worms. It's like Jay Wow from... Mm. Um, What's it called? Jersey Shore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After that, we have Kalon Kolhep. Hey, Kalon. I hope that's how I pronounced it right. I don't know. Kalan Kolhep. We'll try a couple options. Fingers crossed. We're going to go fingers crossed on that one. Thank you so much. After that, we have Stop City, comma, just Google it. And you know what? <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Why don't you just, honestly, Wait, millions of dollars. Stop, stop Cop City. Yeah, Stop okay. Cop City. Cop City, for those of you guys that don't Trash. know, is down in Atlanta. I think we've talked about it before on the podcast, but it's a uh, police training area. They want to basically build a fake city, mm-hmm. uh, use all that money to build all these buildings yeah. for cops to basically play paintball in. Yeah. Um, and instead of, you know, you could use that money for anything else. Free school breakfast. They're also going to tear down an entire forest outside the city of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they are not listening to the people down there who keep constantly screaming at their representatives that this isn't why they were elected. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, after that, we have the rapture, but with potatoes. <laughs> I hope that's how I go. <laughs> <laughs> after that, we have hungry, hungry hippo. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds. Let's go. Uh, after that, we have American quack. Oh, the best quacks are American. Let's go. Hey, hon. I love these names. Yeah. Honestly, I, doing the research for each episode, no matter how horrifying it is, yeah. is worth it just to get to these names. <laughs> After that, we have Fetterman-sized Mike. So <laughs> oh, shit, dude. Yo, that's a big mic. That's a big fucking mic, dude. <laughs> so there is, for those of you guys who don't know, our senator, uh, Senator John Fetterman, uh, he's, he a is, he is, he's a big dude. He's a big dude. He's a, I think he's like six foot seven. Mm-hmm. He's bald. 
Um, there is a conspiracy theory about him. He had a stroke uh, right before the election, had some issues with that. He went away and has been dealing with depression. Uh, he has been dealing with some other cognitive issues, but he's been getting better. And yeah. I've actually, I actually saw him in person a couple months ago, and it was tough. And I was really torn of like how to even talk about this. But I'm glad to see he's doing a lot better. But now there's a conspiracy theory that it's not him. Yeah, they're like, no, he's a clone. They have a body double, and I'm like, I was screaming with someone like, how many six foot seven, six foot eight balding Pennsylvanians wearing gym shorts do you think there are? There's a lot of them. As I hung honest. up on my dad, <laughs> who's like, a, a six foot Honestly, eight balding man wearing gym shorts. You've ever been to fucking Pittsburgh, you're going to see quite a few of yeah, them. Um, no, I just love the idea that like he was recovering from the stroke because um, depression is a side effect of stroke. Yes. And he got rehabilitation because again, now that he has that role, he is the best healthcare, healthcare in yes. the world. Yes. And people on the internet would rather believe that he was a clone versus the fact that there is healthcare that exists yeah. that can rehabilitate It makes you. more sense. Yeah. It makes more sense mm-hmm. that science fiction is real. <laughs> versus. That, that is more believable. Versus that there are medical doctors if you have the right medical coverage. coverage. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm so happy for him. Him and his wife and kids are so lovely. The conspiracy is the coverage. Um, <laughs> after that, we have Masked Blonde. Hey, hon. And that mask is spelled M-A-S-Q-E-D. Oh, that's pretty nice. Ooh. A little New Orleans-y. Fancy. A little Venice. Ooh. Uh, after that, we have <clears throat> bitch underscore McConnell underscore Wood underscore Parish underscore from underscore trying underscore two eat uh, two underscore eat underscore A <laughs> underscore hot underscore Cheeto underscore. <laughs> Fuck you. I love that so much. Hey, hon. He would die. He could not handle a hot Cheeto. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Bit, I think bitch, somebody McCon- should, bitch McConnell would perish from trying to I eat a hot Cheeto. I think somebody should put a little of that dust on his food. After that, we have Mitch McConnell's absence, Caesar. <laughs> it's just really piling in. I love it. After that, we have Jen's drunk elk. Hey, Jen's drunk elk. Hey, hon. After that, we have just a worm. Just a worm. Hey, just hon. a worm. That's a great one. And closing it out, what I really need right now because yeah. my voice is straining. Mm-hmm. I'm in a lot of pain. Yeah. Oh my God. Suffer through. Honey lemon. Yep. Hi, honey lemon. Hey, hon. Hey, honey lemon. Get in my throat. Hey, <laughs> Let's meet our team leaders. I learned that they're no, was inappropriate. They're no longer called vocal cords. They're called vocal ford, folds now. I hate that so I, much. Well, you know. And then after learning that, I then like looked up something and it was like, here's what they look like moving. And it's the grossest thing I've ever seen. Watching the actual like vocal folds open and close. I don't like that. It's real gross. I don't want to. I don't want to think about it. Well, you're gonna listen to my vocal folds open and close in a strange manner. I need to learn more about Hoover. Yes. So we're gonna take a quick little break a little break here uh if you are Drink not a patreon you're gonna hear a sponsored ad and if you are a patreon you're just gonna hear some music when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Pearlmania, 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 Pearlmania. 500. Okay, so this is the second half mm-hmm. of Jagger Hoover, and I promise... He will die at the end of this one. Oh, great. Yeah. So I he, love a happy ending. Yeah. It's going to end with his death. That's nice. Uh, and it's going to end. I I actually, I did. I think I've done more research for this one than any other one so far. Yeah. Because uh, there was, the, his life covered so many things and so many changes, changing in times. Mm-hmm. But at the same exact time, he was very consistent in being a bag of shit. Yeah. Very consistent. All you had to do was be like, commies. He's like, I'm on it. Um, but anyway. Uh, so this is part two. Uh, we're going to pick up with Hoover. Uh, it's a, basically at FDR winning the presidency. Okay. Um, so FDR becomes the president. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Yes. Uh, he becomes the president of America in 1933. Things are heating up all over the world. Um, you know, you have the Great Depression has been in full swing for a little bit now. Uh, you have the gangsters. Prohibition is about to end. That's mm-hmm. one of the things FDR does uh, pretty soon after taking office is he rolls back that constitutional amendment to ban alcohol. Oh, you can roll, you can change the constitution? You can change amendments. Yeah. Shut up, really? Yeah, that's the whole thing. I didn't realize that there, you could amend them. Oh, well, except for, except for like one or two amendments. Very specific Those were written ones. specifically by Jesus Christ. Yeah. In the original Space English that Jesus, Jesus. Christ spoke. spoke. Space yeah. Jesus. Space Jesus. Um, now, the irony of it all was a lot of times when we talk about the FBI, you know, you think about, Democrats being like less pro FBI, mm-hmm. right? Because typically it's been like, oh, you know, well, Democrats are always linked up with communists and the FBI is always going after communists. But the thing is, is FDR actually dramatically expanded the FBI in their role more than almost any other president. Okay. Um, for two reasons. The New Deal. One, yes, the New Deal. <laughs> and also, no, I know you just guessed. You just threw, you literally took your Catholic education and just threw a dart at the wall and landed on like, FDR, what do we have? All right, I got World War II. Uh-huh. I got the New Deal. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I have wheelchair. Yeah. It's not going to be wheelchair. Um, so yeah, you threw it and you hit. It's really the expansion of federal powers mm-hmm. is a big thing. Um, and so FDR really wanted that expansion. On top of that, you also have the beginning of World War II. Yeah. Um, so at the beginning of FDR's uh, presidency, the FBI had less than 400 total special agents. Okay. By the end of 1945, they had over 4,500 special so agents. Hiring, getting that economy going. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Love that. They were, and they were just expanding, expanding, expanding. Um, when Pearl Harbor happened, okay. Hoover found out about it live because right. an FBI agent called him on the phone, who mm-hmm. was the FBI agent stationed in Hawaii, called Hoover on the phone and said, shut up and listen to this and held the phone out so he could hear the planes bombing Pearl Harbor. I got to I got to say I I feel like that might be a marketing story. It might be. And that's actually a big thing with Hoover. Yeah. A lot of marketing. And we'll talk a little bit more about it's that. It's a marketing story. Cuz the, there's no way you would even know like if you heard the sound of explosion through a phone. Yeah. It would just be so loud 
mm-hmm. and chaotic that I don't think you'd be able to be like, that sounds like Japan specifically is dropping bombs. That air sounds quite Hawaiian. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't yeah. buy it. One minute. That is from uh, Bureau, The Secret History of the FBI for, by Ronald Kessler, which okay. is a really good book um, that I was reading on this topic. There is a bunch of ones that I had to go through. Uh, and again, when Mrs. P always jokes about how I don't read books, uh, she's really talking about fiction. Yeah. I, Fucking hate. I, it's really the back jackets of fiction I hate. The descriptions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Trelawney is the last of the Gushingongs. And with her shine right power, she's able to be one of the mistresses of the deep. Fuck off. Okay. Back to World War II. Within 72 hours of the attack on Pearl Harbor, a few things happened. One, the next day, uh, Congress... Uh, the entire Congress voted the war resolution. Mm-hmm. They voted to go to war. Only one person objected to it. Uh, that was signed. Within 72 hours of the attack, the FBI detained 3,846 Japanese, Italian, and German nationals mm-hmm. that were living in the United States with suspected ties to those nations. Okay. Immediately, mm-hmm. FDR uh, gave the FBI and the Attorney General powers to expand into wiretapping. Oh, good. Anyone suspected of connections. Hoover, without actually asking for it, okay, uh, asking the government for it, he went and basically pulled together all of the telegraph and cable companies. All right. And he told them, he asked them to delay international transmissions of telegraphs and cables to a list of multiple countries to allow the FBI time to copy down the messages before they were sent. That feels um, not really in line with legal. What are you talking about? Legal? Like that's not like ethical and you talk about a right privacy to privacy, laws. right to privacy. Yeah, yeah, it would be almost as if like the NSA was able to like get access to everyone's email or cell phone records mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. until it's disclosed to everyone, we freak out about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they're like, "Oh no, we changed it," and then never actually tell us that what they've done yet. Mm, that's um, weird. Later, the program uh, they added in a lot more reading of mail. Oh, good. Um, Now, one thing I do want to note, because I had an assumption here. What was it? My assumption was that Hoover would have been very pro the Japanese internment camps. camps. Hmm. Hoover actually was very against them. Okay. Uh, Number one reason. All right. He was like, we already caught all the the Japanese spies. (laughs) That was his feeling. He actually felt that they had caught in in that 72-hour raid. Yeah. He felt they had caught every... Because he felt that his spy network inside the United States and Mm -hmm. the tracking was so good... That he was like, we already got him. He's that guy from Game of Thrones, the Munich. The Munich guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't remember. He's like my little he's like my little sparrows. Or what do you call him? My little birds. Yeah, my little sparrows. Um, yeah, he um, (laughs) That's that's how I'm picturing him now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but this had but this had like nothing Hoover's Hoover being against the internment camp had nothing to do with like people's constitutional rights Mm -hmm. or how much of a future uh, Star Trek fan he was gonna be and how he wanted to protect George Takai. None of that. Mm -hmm. Um that none of that had to do with it. It was really kind of this cockiness of, no, I've already did it. We don't need to. It's like when someone's like, hey, did you lock the back door? Oh, my God. And you're like, now you, I have to go back. Now to I have house. to go back. And he's like, no, what? No, I did it. I, I do it every it. time. Yeah. That was his feeling about it. So not the human rights violations. Not, not the that. human rights. He didn't care about that. Not that. Uh, but Hoover has the time of his life during World War II. Oh, um, that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, for him, this is a great time for him. He does all he has to do is keep going, just just keep going back to Congress and to the president and say it's for the war. And they're like, okay, whatever. Like yeah. it's for the war. Okay, Writing fine, whatever. Checks. It's just you know, 
He just he just is expanding the powers of the FBI. And then the military He's getting free was like, money. wait, you're doing what? Yeah, he hired my grandmother. Lots of stuff <laughs> happened. He did. I know. Yeah, my grandmother worked for the FBI fingerprint lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, during World War II, some FBI agents came down to her town in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and they offered her a job because uh, she was like one of the smartest women in her school. And they were like, we need women to work in the FBI fingerprint lab because all of the men are being shot at right now. <laughs> and so she moved to D.C. where she eventually met my grandfather, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, <laughs> now, this whole, even during World War II, uh-huh. but even before World War II, Hoover is attacking and targeting American communists. Yeah. Anyone that he is like, they're a communist, he fucking loses his mind about. Now, remember in the last episode, we talked about the GID? Yeah. That was that special, the 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 radical division. GERD, when you burp a lot. Yeah. Um, he, that FBI file and that general idea that he had, he revived it okay. again during World War II, and he created what was called the Custodial Detention Index. Okay. So the Custodial Detention Index was a list of suspects and potential subversives classified as A, B, and C. The ones classified as A were destined to be arrested immediately and interned at the beginning of the war. Uh, category A were officials of access-related access related organizations. Category B were members deemed less dangerous. And Category C were sympathizers. Okay. So, so he, had, he had tier lists. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. These. Now, during this time, the FBI is dealing with a lot of Nazi fifth com- columnists mm-hmm. um, and dealing with all these different things that going on. There's a, a couple times where the FBI is credited with catching German U-boats, uh, which are submarines. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oftentimes it's pointed out that it's like the FBI wouldn't have known about them if there hadn't been a night watchman who noticed a weird guy cursing in German as he pulled a boat ashore. Yeah. It's like weird stuff like that where you're like, but at the same time, as a few of these books point out, if the FBI hadn't pushed such a public relations to you see something, say something, and we think they're coming in this way, or like this is how you contact us to get the information around, then there would have been no connection people for the night watchman. love snitching. Yes. And there's a certain group of people, I'm not going to name them, but they love not minding their own business. Yeah. And if you're walking around and they see something that they deem suspicious or peculiar, yep. they love calling somebody. Now through those <laughs> now through those lists we talk about, right? Yeah. The FBI files. Do you think you're on that list right now? Uh my family was. Well, no, I know that. Oh, right now am I on one? Yeah, like do you think the government saw I think, some of your TikToks and was like, put them on the list? I think everyone is. <laughs> I no, I honestly believe at this point, because of the combination of AI, because of just computer files. Yeah. Back then they had to physically have a piece of paper. Yeah. You had to physically have a piece of paper. And if you didn't have a folder, where's it gonna go? Mm-hmm. You have to actually have a drawer. You have to actually have a filing. Now it's a computer. Yes. Yeah, it's to keep a file on you, the listener. Mm-hmm. Not you, not Mrs. P, not the person I'm pointing at. I'm talking to you, listener. Oh, God. Sitting alone in your cubicle. Wow. Thinking there with your seditious thoughts. What are you thinking about? Are you thinking about not buying Tide? You're thinking about buying a generic? Mm-hmm. How dare you? That is seditious. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I think it's I was all- thinking about matzo balls. I think, I think, but here's the thing. We actually all keep our own FBI files now. Yeah. Uh, we do that through Facebook, Instagram, 
TikTok, <laughs> we're like, Reddit. this is what I look like. This is where I am. These this are all of the I'm people. Eating. No, that's no, that's actually not what's important, and that's not what the FBI files were. Yeah, these are my connections. These are all my people. These are all the people I know. These are all the people I work with. Mm-hmm. These are all the people I go to church with. These are all the people I went on vacation with. These are the people who I went out for brunch with. These are the people who. Uh, this is the book club I joined, and this is the book we read. All of those different things used to be high-level information that the FBI would spend months tracking, and now every single one of you give it away for free so you can get specifically targeted ads from Tide. I need to repeat this to you. (laughs) Tide, just don't get the generic, okay? Just get Tide. (laughs) And while you're getting Tide, maybe get a little bit of... That's where I put in the ad. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, the ad didn't come this time. He forgot to put it in. Ha, <laughs> I hit you late. Anyway, the, um, the these files that he's using as World War II comes to an end, um, he uses this before, during, and after the war to also keep celebrities in line. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So any celebrity, because, I mean, you had celebrities during this time uh, who you had some who were Nazi sympathizers. You had other ones that he suspected of being communist sympathizers. One in particular that Hoover had a fucking hate boner for was Charlie Chaplin. Yep. Now, Charlie Chaplin was eventually charged with violations of the Mann Act. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the Mann Act is? No. The Mann Act uh, was originally called the White Slave Traffic Act. Okay. Uh, it was signed in 1921. Um. And it was because of a large belief in, you know what the Barbary Coast is? Libya, Northern Libya, Africa. Okay, yeah. Okay. There were all these stories of there being white slavers. So there were black or dark-skinned men mm-hmm. were collecting white European women from around the world, getting them high on opium, mm-hmm. and taking them to Libya, Libya where they were being sex trafficked. This literally is uh, the same QAnon story that's happening now. Yes, it's it, it's we're at the hundred year anniversary. What do you want? They're like they're kidnapping white women from Target parking lots. Yeah, there's some. They're like sixty thousand white women are being killed a year. Will you be one to replace them on the white slave markets? The Man <sighs> Act was written specifically to target people, and it it allowed the FBI to step in because oftentimes it was used when people were driving across state lines to commit quote immoral acts. So, so this is like how they're saying that if you cross state lines to go get, get an abortion, healthcare, an abortion, yep. they're going to say that- or take your kid to across state lines because they're trans. Mm-hmm. Any of those different things, the crossing the state line makes puts it into federal authority. If yeah. you stay inside the state, as long as you're not on federal land. It's in under state authority. Mm-hmm. This was a way. But does a, that a grab. make me? This is a segue yeah. to an off topic. But every time I hear this idea that they keep proposing that, like, so like if I lived in a state that didn't have a woman's right to choose, and I drive across state lines, and then the state tries to prosecute me under like these new laws, I'd am I crazy? But I'm not the property of the state. No, I am not chattel. No, so what, the fact that they're behaving in a way where like women are the property of the state, and women get in a car and drive somewhere, the state itself can be like, "Hey, we own you. Get back here." It's there are so many legal theories behind it um, that are bullshit. Yeah, 
my theory is this is that this is part of the conservative movement to dissolve the federal United States government oh, yeah. based on the idea of you crossing state lines. Uh, once you have established a residency in a red state, mm-hmm. you are therefore a red stater forever. Um, so that idea of like if you left Mississippi, right, mm-hmm. and you go to Chicago because it's the closest place you can to go get an abortion, you go to Illinois, mm-hmm. that thought process they're having even if you never return to mississippi yeah you've now forever committed a crime in mississippi by leaving mississippi to go somewhere else mm-hmm. there is no statute under federal law that should allow that yeah um but mississippi is basically telling everyone else to fuck off and that they trump over everything else it reminds me very much of the fugitive slave laws yeah um it's a very similar idea again property property the Mann Act is another part of that because the Mann Act specifically is often targeted at uh, people who are unmarried traveling across state lines um, and acting as husband and wife. Basically, did you travel across state lines and then fuck? Can we prove that you fucked? Mm. That's a crime. Did you cheat on your wife? I can now throw you in jail for that. We won't if you do what we like. There it is. But blackmail. if you're out here saying, hey, Maybe people at this factory should deserve more money. And then you drive from Texas to Oklahoma where you fuck your mistress. Well, buddy, technically speaking, we can throw you in jail for that under the Mann Act. Mm. Now, it over time, the Mann Act, it gets lessened and lessened and lessened. Mm-hmm. It still exists today. Yeah. It is still a law. It's still a necessary law to fight traffickers. Yeah. For instance, recently, R. Kelly was fucking convicted under the Mann Act. Yeah. Um, so that it's there are parts of it that are good. It gets rewritten a lot. Yeah. But when it was written during this time in the way Hoover, who remember his one of the dudes he was obsessed with was like, we're going to get rid of if you buy a dildo and have it mailed. I'm going to convince you, convince you and do a horrible, horrible death. Um, this was a big part. In fact, Hoover in 1936 uh, sat in front of a, uh, a congressional commission mm-hmm. and stated between 1921 and 1936, there were uh, 47,500 Man Act violation investigations by the FBI. And in 1940... That feels like a lot. Yeah. Feels like a lot. Yeah. Almost 4,800. Yeah. Almost 48,000. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's too much. I remember at the time, 1921, 1936, that many... Mm-hmm. And they have less than 400 agents. So each guy is looking up like 100 people a year. Be like, are you fucking? This caseload, too much. It's a lot Ooh. of, that's a that's a thick load. I just, no, I was just thinking of like my friends that are social workers. Yeah. And they have like these huge caseloads and they're like, ugh, like they're all. And theirs are all like abuse and horrible yeah. things. Like they're living in their own filth. We got to help these people. Yeah. And these guys are like, another businessman oh. cheating on his wife. Another lady who doesn't want to be with this businessman. Put it in the file. Yeah. Um. In Hoover estimated the Bureau spent a, a third of all their resources on Man Act investigations in 1940 alone. Oh, my gosh. The year before the war. Yeah. We're spending a third of the FBI's budget and resources on who's fucking who. Yeah, because they're just collecting blackmail. Exactly. It's um, not about anything else in 1940, at that point. In 1940, they, the FBI was responsible for 476 Man Act convictions. Okay. Wait, what's that percentage? Uh, I didn't have the full because oh. uh, that was the thing. Some of these books when I was reading it, it, it would give like me 10%. random stats. It feels like ten percent. It's pretty low. It's pretty low. That's the thing is they don't rate. bring that many to trial. You threaten, yeah, and you have the you 
one, you're building a blackmail file. Mm -hmm. Two, you threaten. Three, you get a, uh, what's the thing when the lawyers sit down? Arbitration. Not arbitration. When mm -hmm. the lawyers sit down and you're like, hey, a plea deal. Oh, yeah. Get a plea deal. All those different things. Those 476, those are the ones where people are like, you ain't got me. And they're like, we have photos. We have video. Mm -hmm. We have audio. What do you want? Yeah. It's all in, and it's all in beautiful black and white. We haven't invented <laughs> color photo yet. Um, but Charlie Chaplin was one that was heavily uh, targeted. Now, Chaplin is, uh, is um, how can I put this? A child molester. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. He's a pedophile. There's no way of putting it. There's no other way of saying it. Yeah. He had sex with a lot of women who were under 18 uh, at the time and in the states he was in. Whether it was legal, I don't give a fuck. Uh, the man's a fucking pedophile. He married some of them. He did have a fling with a woman who uh, became pregnant. It was later proven in court it was not his child. Okay. Uh, the blood test, she had had sex with somebody else. All right. Uh, but Hoover put so much, leaned so much on the judge and the jury and everyone else. And there was so much uh, FBI involvement with this that Chaplin actually had to pay child support for a child that wasn't his. Hmm. Uh, Chaplin was also tried with, uh, uh, had Man Act charges put against him uh, for the transportation of women across state boundaries for sexual purposes. He was acquitted. Uh, one of the big reasons why this happened, uh, why Chaplin was targeted so voraciously is because of his movie, The Dictator. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So The Dictator came out in, I think it was 1939 or 1940. It is a comedy movie about Hitler. Yeah. It is incredibly funny. It's actually one of my favorite films. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an amazing movie. And in that, he makes fun of just fascism in general. And he actually, the other thing Chaplin does is the character he always played with the goofy shoes and the thing, he finally says is Jewish. He says, this is just a Jewish barber. And it becomes a tale of two cities type of thing mm -hmm. where the Jewish barber is replaces Hitler because they look so similar. Yeah. And so it's that kind of weirdness. Um, Hoover hated the fact this movie existed. And that was one of the many reasons he targeted uh, Chaplin. Yeah. Once because he, the FBI is fascist yes yeah, yeah okay. uh the other part of it too is that uh hoover is believes himself to be a very moral man who's being fucked in the ass by his assistant fbi director and he anyone once he whenever he would find out somebody was cheating on hey, somebody there's nothing immoral about uh anal sex there is nothing immoral about anal sex but he's pretending He's also living in a world where he's also blackmailing gay people oh, okay, for getting yeah, fucked okay. in the ass and fucking uh, people in the see, ass. I was trying again. I was like, no, 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 no. no. Everywhere, everywhere you turn with this dude, it's huge fucking hypocrisy, oh, and it's just God. about keeping power. Hoover, uh, even though Chaplin was acquitted, uh, Hoover kept the pressure on on Chaplin. Uh, and when Chaplin left America in 1952 uh, to go overseas, back mm -hmm. to go over to Austria to do some filming, uh, he was barred from returning to the United States. He got Mississippi'd. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, now, the war ends. And then he got played by Robert Downey Jr. He did, actually. And he, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. does a great job with him. Yeah. Um, so now, this the end, the end of the war coincides with the end of Rose, FDR, Roosevelt. Yeah. You know, he dies at the end of the war. It was too much for him. Um, and the, he was a very unhealthy man uh, just due to the disease and everything else. Now, uh, I pulled this from that book I already mentioned earlier, Bureau, The Secret History of the FBI by Ronald Kessler. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing Hoover loved to do okay. is whenever a new president was uh, either elected or installed or whatever, <laughs> he really, really liked to send an emissary okay, and just be one of the first in the door and be like, Mr. President, whatever you need. Yeah. And he wouldn't go himself. Mm -hmm. He always did it a very specific way. 
Uh, and this would be telling for Hoover and Truman's relationship moving forward. Uh, quote, upon learning of Roosevelt's death, Hoover returned to his office and called Lou Nichols. He wanted all the files on Harry S. Truman, Roosevelt's bright vice president, who was sworn in at president at 7.09 p.m. in the cabinet room of the White House. As he had when other presidents took office, Hoover ordered a search within the bureau for anyone who had a personal connection to Truman. The quest turned up Morton Childs Jr., the son of one of Truman's childhood friends from Independence, Missouri. At Hoover's request, Child asked to see the new president, who had known him since Childs was born. Mm -hmm. After exchanging pleasantries, Childs, as instructed, told Truman he had come as the personal emissary of J. Edgar Hoover, who stood ready to assist the new president in any way he could. Truman thanked Childs and asked him to relay a message to Hoover. Quote, Anytime I need the services of the FBI, I will ask for it through my attorney general. That's how it's supposed to go. Because that's how it's supposed to go. Truman was like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? What weird shit was FDR that's doing? so creepy, though. Because so that's a threat. That's a veiled threat. Whether he understands what he's doing or not, I can hunt you down. I can hunt your everything you've ever done down. Yes. And you're sending in the emissary in quotes, which I keep thinking about DS, DS9 emissaries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Um, but like. But you know what I mean? Like, he, yeah, it's, it's a messenger. A it's a special threat. messenger. Yeah. And then for him to be like, Not I'll only, go through the fucking proper channels. You've known this man since he was a baby, yet now he is my emissary. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, gross. But also it's one of those. It, it's a twofold thing as well. It's also for someone who is maybe more narcissistic. Hey, look, I'll do whatever you want. And you don't even have to. We can, mm-hmm. we can just have our own special phone call. Yeah. You no. know what I mean? For certain presidents, this really worked. But for Truman, it was like, nah. <laughs> Truman was like, you know what? So, no, thank you. So now the war ends. Okay. Um, How did it end? Uh, I mean, USA, USA. Okay. Uh, that, we're going to go with that version of it. All right, great. We're going to go with that because... We, I, we, we don't want to get... We don't have too much time. We don't... We, there's, there's so much. And yeah. my voice hurts already. Um. So they're sitting around, they're trying to figure out what the world's going to be like at the end of World War II. Okay. And specifically what intelligence is going to look like. And Hoover, at this point, had the idea that the FBI is going to go international. Whoa. He's thinking the FBI did such great work during World War II. Mm-hmm. And um, the uh, OSS, the uh, that which was the precursor for the CIA, mm-hmm. he sat there and thought, you know, this isn't going to do... This isn't going to do well uh, because they've also been heavily infiltrated already by the Soviet Union. Okay. Um, nothing's changed there. Got nothing's it. changed there. Uh, so there's just like a lot of different stuff that had happened with that. So he was sitting there. He's like, no, I should definitely definitely run things. Let me be in charge of the international spy agency that also is allowed to spy on Americans. Perfect. And um, Truman sat down and um, read all of these ideas. Mm-hmm. And then he signed the National Security Act, created the CIA, told Hoover to go fuck himself. <laughs> Um, to this day, the FBI and the CIA hate each other. I love that. Until now. I mean, oh, they, no. they still do. No, they still do. They I always love a little rivalry. It's like, uh, well, that little rivalry, uh, led to nine 11. Oh, damn uh, it, babe. I was going to make a Duke in North Carolina joke. No, no, <laughs> that's what, that's why the, the office of Homeland Security was invented under, you know, alleged, but well, you know what? <laughs> that's a that button is strong right there yeah i'm uh, this episode that was, that was reverse legal that was reverse legal right there because i 
that's the official story is that um, on 9-11 that the FBI had some information, the CIA had some information, the NSA had some information, all these different groups, and none of them wanted to come together under one banner because each of them wanted the win. Mm-hmm. And so none of them had all the pieces to the story. So the FBI was tracking these guys in the United States. The CIA knew of chatter and their agents had known of stuff going overseas and the NSA had bugged everybody. So like... None of them knew. Yeah, this is that's what always happens. Yeah, exactly, and that's what basically what happened for Pearl Harbor as well. Um, and January sixth, a lot of things. Well, the January sixth was a little bit more inside jobby, um, <laughs> but not in the way not in the way Alex Jones thinks. <laughs> the way Alex Jones thinks about January sixth is fucking dumb because he was one of the guys there being like, "Go in the fucking building." That hurts so much. Well, stop it. Stop trying to be Alex Jones. Oh, that hurts so much. I want everyone to know that. I have been giving Alex so much hot tea and lemon today. I made homemade matzo ball soup. I also made pumpkin bread, but that was just that was that I, was just because that. that was just an autumnal smell. <laughs> I just wanted that. So we're working on getting his throat healed. So let's get to the 1950s. Now I'm not going to go too much into McCar- Joe McCarthy and McCarthyism because he's too cool. No, oh. it's going to be its own episode someday. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be. I figured as much. Um, but there is a very great book that I was reading through, mm-hmm. and for the sake of time, yeah. Uh, if the listeners, if you ever are interested in this topic, there is a book called Gossip Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's by Christopher M. Elias. It's uh, J. Edgar Hoover, Joe McCarthy, Roy Cohn, and the politics of insinuation. It's a lot about the Red Scare era. era. Mm-hmm. And the witch hunts and McCarthyism. Uh, for those of you guys who don't know what I'm talking about, Joe McCarthy was a senator who led very public hearings accusing many levels of the government of being uh, communist agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very wide swath. He ruined a lot of people's careers. During this time, you also had uh, Hollywood writers who were chased out because of communist connections. And a lot of this was done through the FBI. Yeah. Uh, and through their connections and through their files. Uh, during this time, also, you have the uh, uh, the arrest of Ethel and uh, Julius Rosenberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are uh, arrested for selling nuclear, giving nuclear secrets to the Soviet Union, uh, and they're executed. That was considered a big win for uh, Hoover and the FBI. Uh, the FBI also are now building more on their propaganda. Yeah. Um, Wait, what was McCarthyism? Gossip men. Gossip men. Interesting. I always think it's interesting because, like, gossip is something often attributed to women. Yeah, and often a negative thing. But like, I've read books about how like gossip was the only, not the only, but one of the m- main forms of. I don't want to say money, but like a, a something of value. That women would use. It's a barter. Yeah. It's a barter system. Gossip is information. And like for centuries, women used gossip as a way to communicate certain things for their own safety, for their children's safety, for whether or not good or bad. And like the study of the idea of like the way that women communicate that is like really intricate. There's intimate conversations. We speak to each other in a way that some men don't speak to each other which is why there's a male loneliness epidemic i heard it on uh what's it called youtube reels some man uh tried YouTube to tell reels. me yeah um but no it's just like it's interesting youtube so the, shorts 
YouTube shorts, whatever. Yeah. So like, well, they always keep trying to keep taking me down the all right pipeline. I'm, it's I was looking at it earlier. Every time I post, I repost a TikTok onto YouTube shorts, all the comments are the worst shit I've ever read in my They're entire life. They're insane in there. YouTube shorts is the absolute dumbest fucking thing I'm I've like, ever seen. This is crazy. Anyway. But no, so it's just so interesting to me that they don't look like the anime that, women that I jerk off to. Therefore, they're wrong. That when that hurts so men much. gossip, it's like this. It's well, yeah. it's McCarthy trials. Well, no, exactly. Well, the, the, these they would or they we, weaponize it. Well, they, everything was weaponized by these three men in particular. Yeah. But remember, a big part of this is: um, are they communist? Are they uh, are they gay? Are they having an affair? Uh, Jewish? Are, are they using drugs? Well, that, they couldn't do, are you Jewish anymore? They would say that is a stepping stone. The same way the TSA will stop you if you have a beard. Yeah, no. Jewish will get you the double look, but they couldn't, that wasn't on the board. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that you got, for a second. No, no, no. What I'm saying <laughs> is there were, there they would target Jews. Yeah. And then if they found that the Jew, that Jewish people were had communist ties, then they kept going. If they... It wasn't just they're Jewish. There were also a lot of Jewish communists, which brings me to my next point. <laughs> What's that point? My grandmother was fired from the FBI mm-hmm. for marrying my Jewish grandfather. Yes. Uh, because my Jewish grandfather, his, my family was from Russia, uh, traveled over here. My great-grandfather uh, and my great-grandmother were label, labor organizers, uh, and they were called in front of the House Un-American Activities Committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for no for having known associations with communist party members in Baltimore, uh, yep. where I have a actual documented, um, I have the transcript of his court readings. Yeah, and it's just them being like, on this date, you were in a basement reading this book with four other people. On on this date, your son, my grandfather, returned from the war. Did he read the book? And it's just like. Again, it's these people just having discussions. Yeah. And they're like, are you communist? Are you communist? And in fact, by 1956, the Communist Party of the United States had dropped from its height in membership. Mm-hmm. At one time, they had 80,000 members. Yeah. The Communist Party. Uh, and by 1956, there were only 5,000 open members of the Communist Party in the United States. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm a communist. Okay. I'm not saying that. Okay. I'm wondering if this is a way for a government to uh, quickly, efficiently, and silently take out any third party from the two parties. Yes. Nice. Okay. Temple hat time. The other part of it, though, <laughs> is, the other part of it is, is now that we're this far out of the Cold War, yeah. uh, the Communist Party of the United States was actually taking marching orders directly from the Kremlin. Ah, boo! Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's a, it's a dual thing of, like, there is, at this time, you have communism is Russian. Yeah. There are communist and socialist and workers' movements all throughout the world. Once Stalinism really takes over, mm, nope. Stalinism really wants to run that system. And then you have Maoism shows up and then the split between China and the Soviet Union. Then you start to have more fracturing of it. But during this time, you had a lot of people who really looked up to Stalin. Weird. A lot of people who thought Joseph Stalin was a great man. Because again, much like people who are super into Vladimir Putin right now, they Weird. only get they're only getting the good propaganda, mm. right? So when they're talking about, they're not reading about people starving to death, you know, because of the grain famines that yeah. happened under the Soviet Union. They're not learning about the purges or the gulags 
or the lack of any of the things that happened during that time and and a lot of atrocities. Yeah. They're only seeing the good stuff that's coming over. The same way with the Putin people who aren't seeing that most of Russia are just junkies running around shooting up crocodile while they're trying to cover up their planes with uh, literally car tires hoping that the missiles dropped from drones bounce off of them to protect them on runways. Instead, they see really cool uh, AI-made videos that say Ukraine's going to lose and Joe Biden is stumbling places. Look at Vladimir Putin on a horse. Wait, they're still doing crocodile over there? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I thought everybody stopped that when the skin stuff started happening. Uh, I don't know if you know this. Having your skin fall off is like better than being alive in Russia. So <laughs> wait, so what happened with your family? I know what happened. Oh with yeah. Your uh, so basically, the, the following is what happened with my family. So my my grandmother met my grandfather. They got married. Oh my god, cute. Uh, she left on her honeymoon. Love that. They went and had a little honeymoon. They came back and she was fired. Ah. Um, my grandmother. Uh, you know, they had my dad. Um, and then my grandmother got eventually opened a travel agency in DC. Yep. Uh, where she was blacklisted. Yep. And she knows she was blacklisted. Uh, and she was blacklisted basically f- through the 60s, 70s, into the 80s. So she was allowed to do private travel for politicians and for government workers. So if a congressman and his family wanted to fly to Sweden. Yeah. Back when you needed travel agents for those things. Because mm-hmm. we didn't have Google. You didn't have Yahoo. Kayak.com. You didn't have any of these websites where you could go on yourself and it was actually annoying. Honestly, bring back travel, travel agents. Yes. Bring them back. Because when I think, oh, sorry. When I think about planning a vacation, the idea that there would be a person mm-hmm. that would do the itinerary for me, pull the restaurants for me, come up with a timeline plan, book the tickets, police. Yeah. Bring, like, we've, we went so efficient so hard. We went to so self-serve everything. I work at my own grocery store at this point. Like everything is a gig we're, economy. We're all cashiers now. We're all Everyone's cashiers. a cashier. Everyone's a delivery driver of sorts. Yeah. I I bring back travel agents. I want to call someone. I will happily pay. I will pay you a commission. Figure this all out for me, babes. Yeah. I need to bring it back. So the other part of it too <laughs> that my grandma did, um, which was a, a part that a lot of people don't think about, is these travel agents were also much like much like doctors ha- having pill reps come in, like oh, medicine reps. Yeah, nice. My grandma got tons of free trips. Yeah. Because they were like, please come to Kenya and take this safari. Go on Norwegian cruise lines. We want you to experience it so then you can sell it. Hold up. Hold the fuck up. I'm, a, I'm an open own travel agency. I'm bringing it well, back. But here's the thing. That <laughs> was... I want free trips so that I can talk about them and be like, yo, listen, this trip, lit. This trip, don't do it. Too many bugs, too many mosquitoes. You don't want to go there. So that's all been replaced by influencers. I'm going to be an influencer then. You already are. No, but like I want... I want you're a faceless influencer. <laughs> you're one of the few... You're basically an AI at this point. Have you Some, not understand? Someone you're su- basically... Someone suggested that if we ever do live taping in the emails they sent, that we should do a Hitchcock style shadow. Oh, we're behind a shadow box? I like, love that so I've actually debated... I was debating whether or not to ask you if you wanted to wear the Eagles Lucha mask. Oh, yeah. When we were at the comedy show. No, of whether or not you wanted to do that. And then I was... I was. I really wanted you to come out on stage, but you didn't, you didn't feel I comfortable. I didn't. No, I didn't, I didn't feel comfortable. No, that's fine. Um, so yeah, so my grandma was, uh, like I said, fired from the FBI because she married a communist. And then, um, and the thing is, is, is I want to be clear about something. Uh, my family, they were communists. Yeah. Like they were, um, they, they had, they were Russians. They had belief, 
Uh, they're Russian Jews uh, who lived in Ukraine, and they didn't have connections back to Russia. They believed in Marxism. Yeah, they believed in those things. We, if we met today, if I, I never met any of these people, they all died before I was born. But if I was to have a conversation, I would have, we'd have differences of opinions on a few things based on now the experience that communist nations have had post Cold War yeah. and through the Cold War. There's, I think there's some things that different forms of economies get right and wrong, but I'm against authoritarianism in all ways. So, uh, my family was blacklisted until 1987. Yep. Because my grandma ran her travel agency. Like I said, she couldn't do official travel. No, but she did fun travel. She did the fun travel on behalf of the families. In 1987 was when my aunt was finally cleared uh, to do official travel. Nice. And that was right before so the wall. When fell. you're saying official, you mean government travel? Yes. So, so that you could book a senator going on a business, going on flight. an actual on a, as a senator. Yeah. Not just hey, who am I? I'm Joe Smith. No, Senator Joe Smith and his yeah. entourage are flying to Helsinki. His, like that is okay. So this is a scumbag trip. Yeah. No, of course. <laughs> What are they doing? I don't know, but they're going to be snowing on some Alps with their noses. <laughs> they're going to uh, Iran. <laughs> I so don't know far why. away. Hey, I don't it's know the 80s. why all um, these uh, politicians in the 80s are going to talk about co- Contra. Iran Contra. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so that's that's uh, that's why like this. Wait, I am not implying that your family booked those trips. No, I oh, was a joke. Wait, is that what you were implying? <laughs> no, I was. I, I was half listening because I didn't think the joke was good, so I was just oh, gonna let thanks. it die on the vine. Thank you. I um, apologize. Um, no, I just didn't want that to come off as an implication. Oh no 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 no! I didn't my, mean it like that. As far as I know, with anything beyond that, when it comes to once you get to my parents and all that stuff, it's completely yeah. disconnected. Um, so in 1956. Hoover mm-hmm. is becoming increasingly frustrated by the Supreme Court. Oh, God. Why hasn't he bought them yet? Well, he's tried. Everybody um, cool buys the Supreme Court. But uh, at this this is this weird period of time where the Supreme Court actually wanted to like expand liberties and protect people. Boo. Yeah, boo. <laughs> um, but the Supreme Court had a bunch of decisions that began to limit the Justice Department's ability to prosecute people for their political opinions. Uh, most oh. notably, the Supreme Court began to try to pro- try, mind mm. you, try, try to protect communists. Now, some of this, some of this is again because of how public McCarthyism falls apart. Yeah, on television. Yeah, because they pulled celebrities too, and like it was they pulled, a whole there were thing. so many people got roped into this shit. Yeah, um, and we can go more into that on a different podcast. I don't have time for this today. Uh, some of Hoover's aides. Reported uh, that he that Hoover himself purposely exaggerated the threat of communism to quote ensure financial and public support for the FBI unquote yeah um, you got to play it up so that you keep getting the funding yes and the thing is is once um, once Eisenhower President Dwight Eisenhower was president it was very easy for almost any government agency to basically say it's commies and he would just be like let's write the check get the check pass it pass it pass mm-hmm. it. Uh, he is like a dog when it comes to fucking commies. Where? Where? Uh, he loses his mind about it. So that was very, very easy uh, for him to be able to turn over. Now, uh, we're going to take a break. Okay. And when we come back, mm-hmm. I'm going to explain COINTELPRO to you. That sounds super interesting. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> just to give you a primer before okay. the break. Oh, no. COINTELPRO. Uh, was a is is, is short okay. for counterintelligence program. 
Okay. Okay. Sure. It is how the FBI mm-hmm. uh, trolled a bunch of different groups of people okay. to break their brains oh, no. and their organizations. Okay. And to this day, mm-hmm. it is often quoted by conspiracy theorists as proof that they're still doing it. Okay. Okay. So we're going to cover that, but I just want to give so you a I'm heads gonna up. So I'm going to go downstairs to get some tinfoil to make little hats. Yes. That being said, uh, we will be talking about some suicides oh, okay. that this program uh, made sure of. Oh. So if if you are a listener and you are in that state of mind, um, you could go. Th- the rest of this is going to be about that. Bummer. It's going to be about COINTELPRO. Okay. Not about suicides. But just know that Hoover dies mm-hmm. and nobody cries at his funeral. I'm dead serious. That's going to be the last quote I read. <laughs> so you don't need to listen to the rest of the show if that's going to be too much for you. Okay? Yeah. But for everybody else, we'll be right back. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I hope I haven't scared away too many people, but you know, I, I did. I did figure this one's going to be a good one. No, to it's people understandable. A warning was. Um, so, uh, August nineteen fifty-six. Okay, we're there. Okay, the COINTEL program is formed. Now, this is a secret program that basically is designed to troll the operations of Communist Party USA members. Mm-hmm. And again, remember, there's only 5,000 of them left. But uh, it's designed to, quote, increase factionalism, cause disruption, and win defections. Yeah. Uh, agents would place anonymous calls, trigger IRS audits, uh, forge documents, and all around just try to drive people insane. Okay. So the part that's nuts is that when you hear someone who's maybe schizophrenic, who is like the FBI is following me? Yeah, it's doing these things to me. Mm-hmm. They did. Yeah, they did to a lot of people. At least five thousand. Yeah, um, it's very similar to what Rose McGowan went through with Harvey Weinstein. Oh my god! Which, when you hear like before it finally broke of what was happening, yeah, she was treated as if she was insane by a lot of people on purpose, and then on purpose. And then it was like, yeah, no, he was actually was hiring it. He was hiring agents to fuck with her and, and doing all these horrible things. Yeah. Um, and then in the in the inevitability, she had uh, mental health issues afterwards. Yes. People were like, oh, she's hard to take. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You would be after that experience. Yeah. Give her some grace, y'all. Yeah. Um, the program initially, like I said, in August 1956 was aimed at Communist Party USA members, but within months, like about four months. Okay, that's not a lot of months. Uh, it was targeted at black civil rights leaders. 
um, as Hoover declared that the black rights movement was, quote, infiltrated by communists, even though there was no proof that there was any ties between mm-hmm. black civil rights leaders and the Soviet Union or communism or anything else. Yeah. Um, Just a way to get in there and try to pull it apart from the inside. Yes. Got it. Uh, so there's three stages to oh. COINTELPRO. Oh, that's okay. Um, and... The the first stage is the initial version of it, the 1950s version, where they're targeting all these different people. It's also kind of what is tied around with McCarthyism and the idea of the blacklists for people, both for their jobs in Hollywood and in government and all these different things. The secondary part is COINTELPRO White Hate. I'm sorry, what, what was that? COINTELPRO White Hate. Uh, I don't like the branding on that name. So it is, it's a shitty name. Mm-hmm. However, okay. it, it, uh, what's the word I want to say? Objectionally. Objection, objectionable? Subjective versus objective. Objectively. It objectively rules. Okay. Yeah. No, this is good. This is like the one thing where I'm like, go on FBI. Keep going. Okay. Uh, this is, this is some on your bag shit. So, um, this is from the book, The Director. Uh, it's the director, my years assisting J. Edgar Hoover. Uh, it was he, it was written by an FBI special agent, uh, Paul Lettersky. Okay. Uh, he actually worked directly with J. Edgar Hoover uh, throughout the 60s and in the 70s. Uh, this book is difficult because he tries to counteract a lot of the stuff because he's like, nah, I wasn't that bad, is like most of the book. Oh, he's trying to change the narrative. He really is. Well, I bet he wouldn't even be allowed to re- release this book if he didn't write it in a nice way. Uh, I don't think he would have been allowed to release this book if he hadn't waited until everyone in it was dead. Smart. No Uh, allegedly button for this guy. Yeah. So one of the parts of this, though, was the FBI was having a huge issue in the South. uh, because Not so much because of the civil rights. Uh, You know, civil rights uh, workers were being killed and things like that in the South. And and you had uh, JFK and Lyndon Johnson Mm -hmm. becoming president, and they're pressuring the FBI to do more about it. Yeah. But the other part is you have weapons factories in the South and they have black employees, black factory workers, and the Klan are killing factory workers. So the weapons are slowing down. Oh, no. And so Hoover looked at this and said, oh, man, you're affecting our war effort. You're hurting America. The only reason he finally got in the way of some white, some white supremacy was because for guns, it was getting in the so way the of the NRA guns. NRA has been the way they are since day one. <laughs> yes. Um. So this is from that book, and this is a agent named Moore. Because uh, this is around, you know, Mississippi burning. There's that movie and mm-hmm. a few other things that happen uh, along that one. Um. Moore says, "Quote: Hey, why wait for these guys to commit a crime and then investigate them? Let's destroy these redneck bastards beforehand." using the same sort of tactics we used against the Communist Party in the USA in the 50s. It was time to take the gloves off. That was the start of COINTEL Pro white hate. Hoover liked the idea. So we went after these guys. At one point, we had hundreds of agents in Mississippi alone, following Klansmen around, taking down license plate numbers at their cross-burning rallies, knocking on their doors at night, showing up at their workplaces to interview them day after day, week after week. Wherever they went, we'd be practically stepping on their heels, and we weren't shy about it. We wanted them to know we were there and that we knew who they were. Moore smiled. Quote, we'd send these anonymous postcards to their house or their work 
with a drawing of a guy in a hood and the message, Klansman, trying to hide behind your sheet? We know who you are. We must have sent out thousands of these. It drove them nuts. That was the idea, to mess with them. Maybe we put it out that this Klansman was sleeping with that Klansman's wife or that this other Klansman was stealing money from the coffers or we put a snitch jacket on them. A snitch jacket? I hadn't heard that term. Well, you let it leak that a certain Klansman is working for us, the Bureau, that he's an informant, even though he isn't. So the rest of his clan buddies won't trust him. The thing is, a lot of these guys were our informants. We buried the clan and informants. Most of these guys down there are poor, uneducated, and we had all the money we needed. Mr. Hoover saw to that, so we never lacked for informants. And then he talks about a case where uh, a civil rights worker is killed Mm -hmm. and um, how the FBI were able to arrest the men who murdered them in two hours because of the four Klansmen in the truck that chased them down and killed them, one of them was an informant. So what? one of the informants is also a murderer? He claims in this story that the informant was just there and he couldn't stop it. Well, and, I, mean, oh, I gotta no. tell you, if you got three Klansmen in a truck and you're in that truck, you're the fourth Klansman, my friend. Yeah. No, that's not my friend. No. <laughs> yeah, uh... So they go on and on about how in this and the guy who he's quoting, yeah, uh, Moore, who was one of Hoover's higher ups, was about how, you know, and this was such a great way with the intelligence and no one ever died. And at the bottom, he says, technically, that was true. FBI agents never killed anybody in connection with COINTELPRO. But as I would later learn, as everyone would later learn, people had gotten killed as a direct result of the counterintelligence program. Um which brings us to COINTELPRO black nationalist hate. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's like I, I, the civil rights violations and all of it, very upsetting. I'm like, well, I hate that. At the same time, I do love the idea of fucking with the Klan. There's something, there's something fucking really great about it. Yeah. That you're like, yeah, but then it's like, Uh. but but you hear that when they're fucking with the Klan and even like Illinois Nazis, like in Blues Brothers, that type of thing. These guys, when they're going after them during Mississippi burning and all this shit, you're like, this is awesome. Oh my God, this is great. And that program's called White Hate. Yeah. And then they do another one called Mm -hmm. Black Hate, Uh which targets the Black Panthers. Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, the Free Breakfast uh, Group. Yeah, all of them. Mm-hmm. Everybody. You yeah. you talking about busing? You talking about Free Breakfast? Yeah, all of them are targeted. In fact, this is a list of people who are targeted by overall the uh, COINTEL group: uh, Socialist Workers Party, the Ku Klux Klan, the Nation of Islam, the Black Panther Party, the entire New Left social political movement, anti-war community, religious groups, uh, and others. Yeah, hippies. Yeah. Uh, it was always alleged, but there was uh, there was very little proof of it until uh, eight activists broke into a FBI field office in Media, Pennsylvania. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. In Media? Yeah. Media, Pennsylvania, which is the county seat of Delaware County. Yeah. I was uh, there like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's where I grew up. I had a lovely lunch. I didn't grow up in Media, but I grew up in Delaware County. Um, it was a group of eight activists called the Citizens Commission to Investigate the FBI. Nice. They... It's you can find there's a clip of it from CBS. Um, I think it's CBS News, maybe 60 minutes, something like that, about a 15 minute clip. It's very interesting. It's about these eight activists, not all of which who have revealed themselves still to this day. 
Uh, but one of uh, two of them were a husband and wife duo who were anti-war activists and just general social justice activists. Uh, they couldn't take it anymore, and they were like, so "There's, we need proof." Yeah, we the FBI's doing something. Everyone knew the FBI was doing something. Yeah, we just don't know. Uh, and so in the late '60s, they break into this office, and when they break into the office through the series of them, the FBI never knew it was eight people. They knew of one of them. Okay. They didn't know her name with all the intelligence that they had. Nice. Uh, they waited. It was during a, I think it was uh Ali Frazier fight because they knew more people would be distracted because everyone in the nation was watching this, yeah. this boxing match. Uh, the one guy came through and was there to pick the I lock. I mean, an Ali Frazier fight. I'd stop what I was doing yeah. to watch that. Are you kidding me? Uh, the one guy shows up to pick the lock and he'd been like practicing for months on how to pr- pick this lock. And like he gets there and it's a different type. Oh. <gasps> But luckily he pulls out a crowbar, just breaks open the door, and they steal every file in the media office. Yeah. It's a two-person office in Media, Pennsylvania. They take the files home, and they start going through them. On one of the files, there is a line in there that says COINTELPRO. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all we knew. And it wasn't until years later with the church committee where we'll find out more information of what this holds. Yeah. Um. So I read you the, the what quote. What you're describing is what Scientologists do, allegedly. Yeah. No, it's 100%. Where do you think like, they got it? Where do you think they got the idea? Yeah. Um, so this, I'm with last last episode, I quoted from Bad Gaze, yeah. uh, which is a great book uh, by Hugh Lemmy and Ben Miller. Uh, this is about uh, MLK. All right. MLK yeah. himself was not gay. Martin Luther King. Hardly, yeah, Martin Luther King Jr. was not gay. However, Bayard Rustin mm-hmm. was one of the organizers of the famous march with the I have a dream speech and all those things. Bayard Rustin uh, was openly gay. Yeah. Now I know a lot about Bayard Rustin because he's from our area. Mm -hmm. He actually uh, lived around here. There's actually a local high school named after him. He was a conscientious objector, a Quaker and a former member of the communist party uh, quote, whose considerable skills acquired as a labor organizer made him the formidable logistical brain who pulled off the extraordinary event Rustin, however, was also homosexual, and an earlier march planned for the 1960 Democratic National Convention had been dropped when Democratic politician Adam Clayton Powell Jr. told King he would release a fake rumor that Martin Luther King and Bayard Rustin were lovers uh, were they to march uh, on the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Just weeks before the actual march on Washington, South Carolina Democratic Senator Strom Thurmond, a racist bigot and segregationist, mm-hmm. produced a photograph of King in a bathtub while talking to Rustin, with the implication again that they were lovers. The photo had been given directly to Strom Thurmond by the FBI. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of this that were that was going around during this That's, time. Um, there's a fake story on the Internet right now about Barack Obama. Right? Yes. And also, like, when you're describing, like, this image, it just brings up all my AI image fears again. Yes. Because they're, like, they can make so many fake photos with, like, what's it called when it's your yeah. face on the... A deep fake. Deep fakes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, this well, is going to fuck us. The whole thing is the picture of Rustin and mm-hmm. King in the bathtub. King's taking a bath. Rustin comes in to talk to him because they're working so hard, they don't have time to take a break to take yeah. a bath. Oh, no, I understand. That's the thing. But instead, they're like... Look at this queer out here talking to Martin Luther King. And the thing is about Rustin, Rustin's actually like a fucking badass because Rustin would keep getting arrested for like fucking white boys in cars. <laughs> he just loves to fuck white boys. Like, well, 
It's, it's crazy. Well, uh, recently, when there was a issue around this general vicinity, um, his uh, his last partner, Barry mm-hmm. Rustin's last partner, is still alive. Yeah. And he came to speak when we had issues uh, in southeastern PA with people saying that, you know, trying to protest drag shows and mm-hmm. you had the hate showing up. And he was like, hi, I used to fuck Baird Rustin. They named a high school about him. Why are you calling that abnormal? Y'all, yep. your kids go to a high school named after this man. Yep. He's an ex-communist, Quaker, gay, black man. Loved him. Yeah, but we, uh, I love that. So anyway, that was from Bad Gays. Um, but the, the, there was a lot that goes into this with COINTELPRO and a lot of targeting and a lot of trying to break up groups. Mm-hmm. A lot of heavy targeting of the Black Panthers. But Hoover had a, a, a particular hatred of MLK. Yeah. Uh, in particular. Um, part of that comes from once the FBI started doing uh, the surveillance, mm-hmm. they discovered that Martin Luther King, uh, serial, it was a serial adulterer. Yeah. He's he, cheating he on, cheated his, on wife his wife constantly. and Hoover in private conversations that other people have said, uh, apparently that really bothered Hoover. Hoover's whole thing was fuck this guy. I can't believe that he's this devout religious man, but now he's breaking one of the commandments, which fuck you, Hoover. Um, wow. You're literally convincing people <laughs> to kill like, themselves. He's like, it's the hypocrisy for me. Literally. That's literally it. <laughs> you're just like, I'm sorry. Have we forgotten everything you've done to this point? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, this, this goes on and on. There's a few things that happen where, uh, when Martin Luther King gets the Nobel peace prize, mm-hmm. uh, he knows Martin Luther King knows he's being bugged by the FBI. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head if it was JFK, RFK or LBJ. There's a lot of initials during that time. Man. One of them was demanded and got MLK and Hoover into the same room so okay. they could like. Hash it out. Hash it out because they're like, this is a problem for, this is starting, this is being a problem for us. We need you both on the same side. Yeah. And the thing is, is none of the presidents by this point would get rid of Hoover because everyone's afraid of what he has in his black files. I was about to say, of course. Yeah. His emissaries are like, by the way, I have everything on you. Yeah. Like you have to keep him around if you're a scared little bitch. Yes. So every president that's dealing with it, it's like, uh, when civil rights people are being killed down in Philadelphia, Mississippi in particular, Mm -hmm. Hoover's on the line with um, LBJ, and you can actually hear that tape because uh, Lyndon Johnson, when he was president, recorded almost all of his conversations through the Lyndon Johnson Library. You can hear those conversations. Hoover calls, uh, and it's is because Johnson's like, I want whoever did this prosecuted. Yeah, and Hoover's actually trying to get them prosecuted, and he's actually doing his job. But again, there's that balance in there because he's also trying to work as an intelligence agency. Are we doing intelligence or are we a justice department trying to get justice for people? He tries to have it both ways yeah. constantly. Which brings me to the FBI letter to MLK. Mm-hmm. So this is a very famous letter. When the church committee was formed after the releases from the break-in and media yeah. and COINTELPRO was discovered, in 1975, a committee from Congress called the Church Committee came together. It's named after one of the congressmen. And it they they did investigations, and mm-hmm. then they released to the public everything the FBI did. They did? Yes, a majority of it. That's wild, because usually, well, I, when I think about like police doing internal investigations, so, like we have investigated ourselves, and we have done nothing wrong. So two things. Remember that this is after Watergate. 
Ah, okay. So there's a lot of like, we got to fucking, how did they do that? We got to stamp that shit the fuck out. Man, back in the day when you just break into a building and everything wasn't on the cloud. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, So I'm going to read you this letter. Now, this okay. letter was written by an FBI agent um, under orders through COINTELPRO mm-hmm. to do- Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I'm going to read it in its entirety uh, just so you guys understand this letter. This letter as far as we know, was not written by Hoover. It is, uh, the person writing it is lying about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. It is now being used, this letter in particular is used by some people on the internet to claim, in the first episode we talked about Hoover being, uh, being part black. Yeah. This is one of the things, because in it, the person who's writing it claims that they are black. Got it. And people say, this is Hoover, wrote this directly to MLK. No, they had... They had a couple meetings together. They hated each other. And then after that meeting, MLK would go out of his way to badmouth Hoover, knowing Hoover would hear the tape. When you say badmouth, do you mean like when he was talking on a phone that was bugged? Yeah. He'd just like be like, and fuck you, Hoover, before you hung up? Because that's what I would do. No, he didn't do it like that. He was like, Hoover just thinks he fucking owns everything. And he knows just what he's talking about. shit. He was just talking shit. And he knew. He's like, no, <laughs> fuck this man. Um, so, quote, uh, King, because this is direct. This is, again, to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. This letter was written. King. In view of your low-grade, abnormal, personal behavior, I will not dignify your name with either a mister or a reverend or a doctor, and your last name calls to mind only the type of king, such as King Henry VIII and his countless acts of adultery and immoral conduct lower than that of a beast. King, look into your heart. You know you are a complete fraud and a great liability to all us Negroes. White people in this country have enough frauds of their own, but I am sure they don't have one at this time that is anywhere near your equal. You are no clergyman, and you know it. I repeat, you are a colossal fraud and an evil, vicious one at that. You could not believe in God and act as you do. Clearly, you don't believe in any personal moral principles. King, like all frauds, your end is approaching. You could have been our greatest leader. You even at an early age have turned out to be not a leader, but a dissolute, abnormal, moral imbecile. We will now have to depend on our older leaders like Wilkins, a man of character, and thank God we have others like him. But you are done. Your honorary degrees, your Nobel Prize, what a grim farce, and other awards will not save you, King. I repeat, you are done. No person can overcome facts, not even a fraud like yourself. Lend your sexually psychotic ear to the enclosure. You will find yourself and in all your dirt, filth, evil, and moronic talk exposed on the record for all time. I repeat, no person can argue successfully against facts. You are finished. You will find on the record for all time your filthy, dirty, evil companions, male and females, giving expressions with you to your hideous abnormalities, and some of them to pretend to be in to be ministers of the gospel. Satan could not do more. What incredible evilness. It is all there on the record, your sexual orgies. Listen to yourself, you filthy, abnormal animal. You are on the record. 
You have been on the record, all your adulterous acts, your sexual orgies extending far into the past. This one is but a tiny sample. You will understand this. Yes, from the furious, from the terrious evil playmates on the East Coast to blank and others on the West Coast and outside the country, you are on the record. King, you are done. The American public, the church organizations that have been helping Protestant, Catholic, and Jews will know you for what you are, an evil, abnormal beast. So will others who have backed you. You are done. King, there is only one thing left for you to do. You know what it is. You have just 34 days in which to do this. This exact number has been selected for a specific reason. It is his definite practical significance. You are done. There is but one way out for you. You better take it before your filthy, abnormal, fraudulent self is bared to the nation. Okay. This was a lot. This was a lot. Yes. Um, I need to state immediately I hated the many references to uh, Dr. King being an animal of sorts. And beast. Yeah. A beast. I hate that. That's very... This letter was um, in a box Mm -hmm. with recordings uh, that alleged to be of uh, MLK having sex. So audio recordings and films and stuff like that. So they they sent him a sample of the evidence. Mm -hmm. And then what were were they going to do with it? They were going to release it in 34 days if he didn't, quote, do the one thing left for you to do. But I thought that uh, back then they had like a... Like, you couldn't put that type of stuff on TV or whatever. But so. you could send it to the press, and then the mm. press could write that it exists. Got it, got it, got it, got And it, then it, it, would, it. They, it would have shown up to the right perverts. Okay. Because the mafia also, remember, the mafia yeah. owned porn back then. Okay. So when you had porn theaters and things like that, they were run by the mafia. So certain films, if you knew the right guy, you could get in the back room. And then that weird creep would go to the truck depot and tell everybody, I oh, saw it. Oh, wow. All right. This is um, a lot. Um, I, yeah, that, that letter was awful. Yes. In a lot, a lot of ways. I, I wanted to read the full it letter. It also had that same energy of the, um, not Face- the same energy cause this was worse, but like the Facebook comment, no, like the Facebook, but like the, the Twitter account that says that they're a black person, Yes, but it's very clearly they're not. And it's yeah. like the, the phrasing used, yeah. <laughs> like you're like, no, 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 no. But remember, cause at this time, remember all FBI agents are white. Yeah, exactly. There aren't any black people. No. So they're just like, yeah, that's how they sound. And it's like, that's how they're writing all of this. But this letter was written. It was released by the church committee uh, in 1975. It was in the FBI files. Okay. So this isn't, this isn't like, again, this isn't that the, that the King family came forward after his assassination Mm -hmm. and then was like, look and look at the letter the FBI sent to us. Yeah. This was the government went through the files and went, fuck. And he sent this. Oh, my God. Um, now, there's a few different people will argue, but the thing is, at this point in the FBI, nothing went out without Hoover's approval. Yeah. And this sounds a lot like a lot of the things that Hoover is saying about King behind closed doors. Okay. It's claimed that it's a different uh, head of a division, sure, whatever. Sure, sure. It's clearly, again, that as a black man type of writing style, Yeah. it's, it's a load of shit. Um, as a woman... Yeah. I like fake Facebook pages that are pretending to be women. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those are my favorite. Incredible. Um, you know, and again, this this is all part of COINTELPRO. After King is assassinated, uh, the FBI 
at first does not immediately jump in to uh, hunt down the assassin hmm. because of arguments with Tennessee over jurisdiction. Oh. It's not until that assassin flees the country that the FBI gets uh, involved. involved. Um, he's then brought back. The King family to this day still argue over whether or not he actually did it or if it was the FBI. And there's a lot of mistrust there for obvious reasons. Yeah, lots of reasons. Because uh, around this time, you have a lot of assassinations happen. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm going to read the uh, this next part. Uh, again, going back into... This whole thing with um, COINTELPRO. Um, okay. This next part is going to be difficult. Okay. Because um, the last part, the last thing I read, like I said, that's the letter. Yeah. Uh, just what happened to this next person. Mm. Um, <sighs> so this is the Black Panthers. So some Black Panther leaders uh, were assassinated by police in yep. the 1960s um, by American police uh, in different uh, areas. Uh, the FBI uh, also was doing a lot of intelligence gathering and spreading that information back to the police, mm-hmm. uh, maybe also even revving the police up even more. Yeah. Um, one of the wiretaps, and this is from Bureau of the Secret Inve- History of the FBI by Ronald Kessler. Uh, one uh, Black Panther wiretap, the FBI learned that actress Jean Seberg was pregnant. The father was not her estranged husband, the French author Romain Gary, but rather Raymond Hewitt, the Panthers' Minister of Information, or so the FBI agent thought. As part of COINTELPRO, agent Richard W. Held proposed publicizing, quote, the pregnancy of Jean Seberg, well-known white actress, by Hewitt by advising Hollywood gossip columnists. It felt that the possible publication of Seberg's plight could cause her embarrassment and serve to cheapen her image with the general public. Hoover responded, quote, Gene Seberg has been a financial supporter of the Black Panther Party and should be neutralized. As it turns out, Seberg and her former husband had reconciled. When the FBI's uh, leaks hit the press, Seberg went into premature labor. The child was born two months early, lived only two days. Seberg insisted on an open open coffin so everyone could see that the baby was a Caucasian girl. Oh, my God. After the funeral, Seberg attempted suicide by taking an overdose of sleeping pills. She became psychotic, Gary said. She went from one psychiatric clinic to another, from one suicide attempt to another. She tried to kill herself seven times, usually on the anniversary of her little girl's birth. Finally, on August 20th, 1979, Seberg succeeded in killing herself. Hoover had indeed neutralized her. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say. So when you have... So here's the thing. When you hear crazy hippies be like, the government... Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. It's like, yeah. There are there are times when they've done this. I, we can argue now. Are they doing it now? Yeah. Whether Probably. or not they are, it's difficult to tell. I'm listening to my cell phone right now. Why would they? They could just listen to this fucking podcast. I hope they're a Patreon. I hope you know honestly, <laughs> yo FBI. If you want to know the real dirt, join our new ten dollar FBI tier. <laughs> what is it? What is the ten dollar FBI I'm sorry, I'm tier? Sorry. What is the bu- federal budget? That's that thirty dollar FBI tier. Thirty dollar. <laughs> Y'all, you heard it here first. $30 FBI tier is starting today. No. Fuck you. No, we're opening it up. I don't want the FBI listening more than they already do. Fucking, I do. 
Uh, I want them to hear a Juvederm ad. And if you don't want to hear it, <laughs> FBI, pay $30. <laughs> oh, I'm so sad. Nobody likes me as an FBI agent. Well, the good people at BetterHelp.com. <laughs> will right. help you. So uh, the, the People's Free pr- Food Program. Yeah, through the Black s- Panther Party. Yep. Well, that's what originally yeah. it all started as. Um, Black Panther. So they're targeted. Is the FBI also... Because, again, we're in conspiracy waters right now. Yes. And I do know for a fact that the government started releasing crack cocaine in certain areas where the Black Panther Party was. Yeah. In hopes of getting people addicted to drugs on purpose. So that was Was that the FBI or was that the CIA? Yes. Okay, great. Uh, Let's go, yes. I mean, it's hard to, again, it's hard to tell, but it's also post Hoover, and I wouldn't read that part. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. All right. I'm jumping ahead. Because uh, in 1972, Hoover died of a heart attack. Oh my God! Wait, we need a button. I need oh. a noise. Let's go! <laughs> oh my God, I'm so glad he's dead. Did he die painfully and slowly? Uh, he died of a heart attack. It's just basically someone Boom. showed up and he had been dead. Ah, well, at least he died alone. That's nice. He did. He did die. I like I like that for him. Um, after when he died, uh, at the time Nixon was president, mm-hmm. and I didn't really go too much into it because we wanted to go more about the Cointel Pro. Tricky Dick. Uh, Nixon. Nixon asked Hoover to do some stuff that was like very illegal. And yeah, Hoover yeah. was like, I don't know about that one, man. <laughs> and that's why. I love that he was like, oh, I don't know, man. That's, <laughs> that one seems that's a little. so fucked up. Yeah, he's like, that one seems a little. Uh, yeah, Nixon would be the one. Yeah, Nixon like, was Nixon sent hammered. An, no, no, Nixon sent an emissary from Hoover's childhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be the reverse. He would reverse them. Yeah, uh, but yeah, he asked him to, and so that's why Nixon ended up creating the White House plumbers. Yeah, who end up doing Watergate. Yeah, so like Hoover, Hoover being like, ah, dude, what the fuck was enough for Nixon? Be like, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I got my own guys. Yeah, and like who are all morons? They're all fucking idiots, lackeys. Um, yeah, um, which is how we end up with Fox News. Don't ask. Uh, <laughs> So Hoover died of a heart attack. The next day, mm-hmm. uh, President Nixon appointed L. Patrick Gray and Mark Felt as acting director and associates director of the FBI. Okay. Uh, Mark Felt mm-hmm. is Deep Throat. Oh. So from Watergate, yeah. the guys who Woodrow and Bernstein work with yeah. to break Watergate in the Washington Post, mm-hmm. they meet a guy named Deep Throat. Yeah. And that's his code name. On, right before his death, he came forward. Mark Felt was deep throat. Incredible. So they send these guys. They get. They, he's like, "You're the acting guys until I can get somebody new." Yeah. And uh, Gray and Felt immediately, once given the powers, rush to the FBI offices to seize Hoover's secret files. Yeah. They are like, "We got to get these files. We got to get the fuck on them." Um, but the files had already been taken. <gasps> Who took them? Helen Gandy. Who's she? I thought he didn't like ladies around. Helen Gandy is the only woman besides Hoover's mother that is in his life almost the entire time. Okay. Helen is not an FBI agent, but she's, she's just his good Judy. She's the chief administrator for the FBI. Yeah. She, you didn't get in without talking to Miss Gandy. Donna Meagle. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> um, she handed some files to Mark Felt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mark thought all of the files were in Hoover's office. Got it behind his desk in a safe mm-hmm. they weren't there where were they because hoover's kept all of those files in the file drawers next to miss gandy oh. where no one searched them because why would just some woman have the most important files in america yeah 
So over the next week, 32 drawers of files were meticulously transferred from Miss Gandy's desk to the basement of Hoover's home, mm-hmm. where they were gone through yeah. and then destroyed uh, under the direction of John P. Moore. Gandy stated that Hoover had left standing instructions to destroy his personal papers upon his death and that this instruction was confirmed by Tolson and Gray, two other agents. Mm-hmm. Gandy stated that she had destroyed no official papers, that everything was personal papers of Hoover's. The staff of the subcommittee that eventually uh, you know, questioned her publicly mm-hmm. uh, did not believe her. Well, she's she's Donald Trumping Mar-a-Lago right now. Yeah. Is that what you're saying to me? Yes. She's like, no, no, I can make them not. What is it? The I could declassify. He, them. She's like, I de- he de- declassified no, she, them. No, she didn't say that she declassified. She said nothing that I took from there was important. They were all his personal papers. But that's what he said as well. He's like, I didn't take anything classified yeah. uh, because I automatically declassify. <laughs> quote from Miss Gandy. Okay. I have no reason to lie. To which uh, Representative Andrew McGuire of the uh, a member of Congress said, uh, Miss Gandy, quote, I find your testimony very difficult to believe. To which she replied, that is your privilege. God. Okay, wait. I think she's not Donna Meagle. She's April Ludgate. She's April Ludgate. She's April Ludgate. Yeah, you're allowed to think whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I'm fucking Burt Macklin, FBI. <laughs> oh, man, the worst Chris. I know. Don't bring him up. Um, this is from the Wikipedia quote. Their contents included blackmail material on the patriarch of an American political dynasty, his sons, their wives and other women, allegations of two homosexual arrests, which Hoover leaked to help defeat a witty, urbane Democratic presidential candidate. Oh, the surveillance reports on one of America's best known first ladies and her alleged lovers, both male and female, white and black. The child molestation documentation of the director used to control and manipulate one of the red baiting protégés. A list of bureau spies in the White House during the eight administrations when Hoover was an FBI director. The forbidden fruit of hundreds of illegal wiretaps and bugs containing, for example, evidence that an attorney general, Tom C. Clark, who later became a Supreme Court justice, had received payoffs from the Chicago syndicate, as well as celebrity files with all of the unsavory gossip Hoover could amass on some of the biggest names in show business. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he had blackmail he had blackmail on everyone. Yeah. That was it. He, he investigated everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, which brings me to, uh, I'm gonna, we'll, we're going to talk about his funeral. Okay, great. this was the best part of anything I read. <laughs> and it's from, <laughs> after reading the MLK suicide like a, letter, I'm like, I need, I need to go out on something a little bit nicer. Yeah. Did they have like a good spread? Like they have like a good oh, meal? No, this is, this is from just the funeral itself. Mm. Um, and this is from uh, Letter Sky. Okay. Uh, Paul Lettersky, the FBI special agent, uh, and his book, The Director, My Years Assisting J. Edgar Hoover. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lettersky writes about how he was actually sitting seated in the friends and family section. Oh, okay. Because uh, he few. Ca- obviously didn't have a lot of friends. He didn't have a lot of... No, Hoover didn't. Um, and this is, this is from the prologue of the book. Uh, the prologue is titled, In a City of Weak Men. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just want to point out. Okay, bitch. Yeah. Okay, Paul. (laughs) Okay, bitch. No, everyone else. He wasn't weak. He was a strong man. Everybody Mm -hmm. else here weak. Mm -hmm. You ready? This is still damning. Yeah. This is from someone who liked him. I want to mind mind you. (laughs) Quote, no one cried at his funeral. 
More than 1,200 invited guests crowded into National Presbyterian Church in Washington, D.C. to officially bid farewell to the man whose body now rested in the flag-draped coffin near the pulpit. President Richard Nixon, sitting in front in the front row with the First Lady, was trying his best to look appropriately solemn, even though he was privately delighted that the man in the coffin was finally dead. Nixon's long-faced, lugubrious-looking vice president, Spiro Agnew, was in the second row with his wife, while nearby sat Supreme Court Justices Warren Burger and Byron White, along with House of Representatives Minority Leader and future unelected President Gerald Ford. Former U.S. Attorney General John Mitchell, now heading Nixon's re-election campaign, was there as well, while other pews were packed with cabinet secretaries, high-level presidential advisors, foreign ambassadors, big city mayors, and police chiefs, dozens of senators and congressmen, even a movie and a TV star, all there to pay tribute to the strange and remarkable man in the flag-draped coffin. And from where I sat in a section of the church reserved for the dead man's exceedingly small group of friends and distant relatives, I couldn't see a damp eye in the house. I have so many thoughts. Okay, here are the two biggest ones, I think. Number one, uh, the de- if, when I pass, yeah. if most of my funeral is my coworkers, ugh, ugh, they're, listen... We've all worked in offices. We've all worked in restaurants and yeah. all these jobs. You get like one or two coworkers that you really like. Motherfucker, I don't talk to them after I quit. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going you to your funeral. You lose touch with them. You lose touch with them. But when you're there, you got your work friend or your work friends, maybe two. But this, all everybody you work with, get out of here. No way. And then the second thing is, I was thinking of, and I, I of course go directly to the uh, one of the greatest movies of all time, The Muppet Christmas Carol. After Ebenezer Scrooge dies, and the big spider Muppet is going through all of his belongings, and the business pigs are outside, yeah, and they're like, "Well, do you think there'll be a free lunch?" And you're just like, "Yes, this is exactly what's happening." Yeah, everybody's going through his shit. They're trying to get his files, and the business pigs are outside, going, "I don't want to go, but." It might be a free meal. Yeah, basically. It's That's like, 100% so it. So like all these people just showed up for the free meal oh, and you know it. Margaret, this one's still warm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I cannot wait to watch them up at Christmas. Um, <laughs> I, Hoover did a lot of terrible things. Yes. And I want to be clear. Period, point blank. I missed a lot. Yeah. There's still so many things I didn't even touch on. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, we did note about McCarthy not being able to get deep too deeply into that, but the amount of people and lives of people who he destroyed yeah. and through the organizational corruption and horridness that he instilled into the FBI at its founding. It's he is one of the reasons him and Nixon um, are some of the reasons why we don't trust our government. Yeah. The government trust, whether or not there should have ever been any mm-hmm. are gone because of the actions that were then found out after Hoover's death. Yeah. Because when those files, when some of the things finally do come out in these committees and some of this stuff, people will never trust them again. In the 1960s, the FBI had like 80% approval rating Mm -hmm. because they had TV shows and every script had to be cleared by Hoover. Mm -hmm. Copaganda. Look at you, Dick Wolf. Yeah. (laughs) All these different things. There were so many different levels of it. One thing I didn't even talk about is the JFK assassination. Yeah. I was wondering. I was like, I forgot about that. Well, all right. You know, Similar to Homeland Security, yeah. Similar to that whole shit, mm-hmm. JFK was the same thing. They had a track on on his assassin. Mm-hmm. The FBI had been looking at him, 
They never told the Secret Service that he was in the same town as JFK. Jesus Christ, guys. It wasn't until 1965 that the FBI finally agreed to share files with the Secret Service when it came to presidential protection detail information. It's like, I want to hope, and I know that it's not, like, I want to hope that when we get to this level of this, the sheer amount of, like, importance on things like the JFK's safety yeah. that people would start communicating properly. But I know on a foundational level that it's just not true because I have worked in a corporate setting yeah. where marketing won't talk to IT. It's siloification. And like, oh, this, you know, this director doesn't like this CFO, so it's gonna take six months before legal approves this thing. And you're just like can you just fucking answer the email and communicate so we can get our job done? And like, oh, it's like, I hate it so much. And so knowing that even the government's like just doing that it's petty the same bullshit. Thing. It's the same thing. There's no freedom from it. The other mm. thing that happened after uh, Hoover's death is was the instant creation of term limits for the FBI director. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You cannot that... be the FBI director for longer than 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 years was chosen so that way it could go across presidential administrations. Got it, got it, got it. Um, you know, it's weird though when you look at it how it almost always seems like Republican presidents seem to get to choose the FBI director. That's weird. It's weird how it keeps timing out that way. Hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> It's a fun episode, I think. <laughs> I think uh, I think it was a. It was I mean, a I'm, I'm glad I spoke. I'm glad I broke it up into two parts. I feel like the first one was more fun. Yeah. Well, there there was a little bit of bummers on this one. I'll say well, that. You know what? When you're beating up Germans in the 1920s, it's like ah, that's fine. Beating up Germans, and this yeah. one, it's like all right. Now here's um, here's how they broke up the Black Panther Party using murders and oh god. Yeah. The other part with that, which they gloss over in the book, but again, it's it's the it's the assumption is was also the claim that Black Panther Party members were having sex with white women. Yeah. It's to destroy her, but also to then to try to scare off white men from associating with the Black Panther Party. Yeah. Because then there'd be the assumption that, oh, no, we're doing this. Yeah. It's Um, a racism and it's terrible. And yeah, is a real bummer because Hoover was a bag of shit. Basically, and it's hard to talk about bags of shit. Well, you know what's funny, right? For yeah. people who hate the FBI, like conservatives right now, they all yeah. hate the FBI because they're like, we didn't do January 6th, even though we were really happy right up until it failed. Yeah. Um, you know, those guys, they all, they all, now they all want to defund the FBI. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also, weirdly, if you hate the FBI so much, wouldn't you want the history of COINTELPRO taught in schools? To make sure that an authoritarian FBI run by Joe Biden and Merrick Garland wouldn't be able to do these programs to you? But you can't because this is banned under CRT. Listen, don't Critical worry. race theory. You can't talk about this because I'm talking about institutional racism. Yeah. This is an institutionally racist organization that mm-hmm. was run by a fucking white supremacist. Yeah. Who was open about it. Mm-hmm. And that's the building block of one of the largest organizations. Now, am I saying that they currently are this way? Allegedly. <laughs> that's our time. That's our episode. Oh no. Yeah. We're gonna we're definitely getting on a list if anyone listens to this episode. I've been on a list, baby. Yeah, you've been on the list. Honestly. You were born in the list, actually, I was. now that we've talked about yeah, it. Yeah, no, I was. Um But also here's what's really funny too. Yeah. It's like I I was, I was like, I thought I was on. Actually, no, I'm not because I, 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 I've seen Biden. I got within feet of him. Yeah. So I can't be. Um, 
But what's funny though is like in 2006, I really was like, I'm definitely on a list. And I was like, because the NSA is definitely reading my blog. <laughs> like that was my thought process. Oh my God. I was, you know. Wait, listen. did you really have a blog? I mean, yeah. Do we need to edit this out so someone doesn't go find it? It was just about like, it was about how Iraq war was dumb. Oh, okay. That's all the blog was about. It was like, <laughs> don't, don't go to Iraq. Yeah. Don't, why are we here? Yeah, I love how youthful you are in that oh, yeah. scenario in which you're like, I'm going to write a blog and make change. And then I was convinced that there were going to be Black, Hop heli- Black, Black Hawk helicopters yeah. flying overhead. Now blogs are just uh, really long recipe stories. For SEO For content. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I just wanted to know what you put in this specific thing. I how, don't want to read about your How life. many tablestones, tablespoons was it? <laughs> but then the screen always pops back. It's oh, a very... fuck. Listen, it's... Oh, it's a it's a real iPad situation for me. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, uh, this has been our episode. I'm glad my voice was able to make it to the end. Yeah, you thank did you. it. I want to thank you, Mrs. Promania. Okay. Give me your hand. Let's hold hands. Thank you. You call it soup. I call yeah. it a potion. Yep. Because uh, you took the bones of dead animals and made stock. Yeah, I did. And um, it's really like a three day process. Yeah. And I didn't even know you were gonna blow out your voice. It just so happened that I started salt brining a chicken on Friday. Yeah. It just <laughs> worked I, out that I knew well. That I wanted soup on Sunday. Once again, thank you so much to all of our listeners. Yeah, uh, thank you for everybody that came out. Yep. Thank you for everyone that reached out to us through the P.O. Box. I've gotten a lot of books and things. Yes. And it's incredible. And thank you for all of our Patreons for helping us meet our our 500 goal. Yeah. I look forward to seeing book recommendations. Yeah, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. And we have a lot of fun pl- things planned. Obviously, we'll talk to you more as the episodes. Pretty good. But we're going to enter into... Spooky season. Spooky season. <laughs> all right, that's our show. Mrs. Bermay, last words? Uh, Have a great week, everybody. Thank you.